And welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one half of your hosting team this week. Joined with me, as always, is Mr. Ben Foley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? We're about to deep dive into your favorite entertainment stories. Chris, I don't know about you, but here here comes, here comes, here comes the second lockdown. Hope you guys are cultivating stuff to binge watch, but... This is your source. This is it. You should be listening to this pod. You know, when people, they always come up to me, oh, you're the movie nerd. What, what what should I watch? I'm like, listen to the podcast. Me and Chris talk about multiple things every week. It's crazy. Weekly recommendations. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Well, folks, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, what Ben and I like to do, he just basically said it. We like to bring forward some interesting things that we've watched, listened to, read, eaten, whatever it may be. Um, over the past right. week and bring it to the podcast, talk about it. But I have no idea what Ben has on the table and he has no idea what I'm bringing to the table. So everything you're hearing is genuine, spontaneous. There's nothing pre-planned or scripted at all. So let's get right into it. Ben, my friend, what do you got? Let's lead it off. Go ahead. All right. You know what, Chris, we haven't talked about this for the past month and I can't believe we haven't done it. Like when I was going through stories this week, I was like, man, we haven't talked about this. Let's talk about Mandalorian season two. Yes. Yeah, I, I know you're watching. I don't even. Have, I'm not going to insult you by asking. Come on you now. <laughs> so, let me tell you, this season, this show, instantly off the bat, I don't. I have a couple of thoughts on why this hits the Star Wars part of my brain more than any of the newer movies. You know, I love the Rogue One, and I've talked about it on this, but this hits it harder than that. Mm. Um. So for me, Chris. Star Wars have always lent itself to cowboy slash Kurosawa samurai films. You know what I mean? Right. A lone renegade walking through the woods or bumbling companions walking through the, the desert. Something like that where it's like one man and your wits and the enemies are all around. There's something about that. And that hits on the show, even though my six-year-old can watch this show with me. And it doesn't need to be ultra violent. You know what I mean? Guys need to be taken out. They just need to be taken out. That's why lightsabers are dope. There's no blood. <laughs> it cauterizes. <laughs> but Chris, for me, this show, and especially in season two, you talk about you have one of the best, our modern day John Wayne, Timothy Oliphant on the show. <laughs> My interest is already peaked. I'm already freaking out. Chris, how has this ride of this season been for you? Because I am, I am riding high this season. That's awesome. Well, how far are you? Are you caught up? Caught up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, it, um, you know, I was watching it this past week's episode with my wife and I, I said, you know, the reason why I love this show so much is it, it balances taking chances and fan satisfaction better than any other Star Wars property as of late period. Um, ever. The, ever. I, I'm going to say ever Argu since you know the original That's a good trilogy. point. That's yeah. a good point. Arguably ever. Um, because with the, the the prequels, it was I felt a lot of um, taking chances. With yep. the new sequels, it was playing it safe, and then like maybe peeking out to take a chances. But no, 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 we gotta play it safe and and give fan satisfaction. Right, take and, backs. <laughs> like they just got they got into their heads too much. Um, right. And you know we we often you know rave about Rogue One. Rogue One was an example of taking chances and, and paying off with very little fan satisfaction. And this is, this is balanced that thing perfectly where the choices that they're making are so smart. 
Uh, the characters that they're introducing, reintroducing, bringing back, like the fact that they're including like the animated series' canon into the show is brilliant. Um, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm just all about it. And on a, you know, something that I look for in entertainment in 2020 is, you know, that, that balancing the, the, the population of diversity in your show you know having some i mean i know it's in a galaxy far far away but having some semblance of of representation but also in the, uh, behind the camera you've got an incredibly diverse array of directors and and screenwriters and and crew members um i'm just loving everything like there's i i, I mean the only question i have really is like okay you know <laughs> are you scared when are, they gonna are you get, scared is it too good <laughs> it, i'm i'm scared that it's too good i'm scared we're going to get some sort of white fang uh, ending to this like ba- you know child storyline where he's like go you know you're home you're free and then like, yeah i never know? loved you cheetah yeah. go back to your family <laughs> i'm worried we're gonna get something like that at the end but you know i don't think so I, i'd I still i'd still be bawling if they did that but, i don't think uh, we're going with and i of course you're talking about baby yoda i don't think we're going with that storyline okay i i think we're going somewhere different that we don't know because we don't know anything about this kid's storyline whatsoever. We don't know anything about the Yoda family. Scoopers. Yeah, we have no idea what the species of, of people yeah, like. Right. And so crazy. last last episode, so uh, spoiler alert, throw that spoiler alert right up there. Please. Episode four, um, we didn't really get to go. Now, he said he was going to go to the New Republic to drop him off. So we've never really seen the New Republic since... Um, since the prequels you know what i mean right. we haven't seen the that was the republic we, we've seen the old republic we, we haven't seen the new republic so we kind of see a semblance of the new order coming about because they're cloning things with um you know jedi powers trying to, that's why they're after baby yoda that makes some something like snoke so i believe what snoke is in the newer movies that's what they were making in those back to tanks Mm. in that little thing. So they're, they're trying to get baby Yoda's blood so they can make some kind of creepy Jedi force Knights clones. That's, that's what's going on mm-hmm. now. Uh, Chris, have you researched grandma Moff Gideon? No. So the dark saber was actually, if you, if there's a great, there's a bunch of YouTube, if you dark saber, if you YouTube dark saber origins, great videos, 10 minutes, it'll catch you right up. So apparently that means and this is what makes this show great. And that's what makes John Favreau great because he, you know, he might mess around and make some jokes here and there. But the reason why it hits so hard, just like he did with Iron Man, Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, the, he is relying on source material. You know what I mean? He doesn't stray away from that. So this Grand Moff Gideon, a.k.a. Gus, Gus Fries from, from Poyos Hermanos, um, <laughs> he is such a badass because. The fact he has that Darksaber means while Return of the Jedi is going on, he is on Mandalore. Now, we might have to have Josh on to, you know, correct me on this one. He is on the (laughs) the planet Mandalore killing uh, the population of Mandalorians in the galaxy. Mm. That means he is a bad motor. He is a mean motor scooter. And so that's why he is a great, perfect bad guy for our Mandalorian. Who hopefully will avenge him or die the same. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. What, I, and that's what it is, Chris. Like, this is such a cowboy show. I don't know where if we're heading to 
maybe our main character dies trying saving baby Yoda. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this show. So that's what keeps me in suspense every week, Chris. It's a great show. Yeah, no, it, they're just killing it. They're they really are killing it. Um and it, it's got it's so good that you know, when people, you know, cuz obviously when you put things out there with massive fan bases, you know, people have to look for negative and something. Um like the the critiques and like any sort of like you know mob mentality backlash that people try to create for this show is just you know it's strictly uh loony it's, it's yeah preposterous like yeah i've never really heard anything actually you know and i run with a circle of nerds you know what i mean i have the i have the uh, kessler run guys i have barely heard anything that is valid right you know it's you know what i mean people might get out there and have their little clubs of weird geek stuff you know what i mean they might I don't know. They might get together at the Four Seasons landscaping and get a weird press conference going that the show sucks. But I mean, their hair dye is running. It's it's really weird. But <laughs> but I'm talking about valid excuse. You know, valid arguments, Chris. Right. I haven't heard anything. So I haven't. And you know, it's funny. Is like every every like preconceived you know fear I had about the show when they announced that they were doing a Star Wars TV show. I said, oh man, like are we are we talking about like star trek level uh visual effects because it's tv like right. blah blah like i expected very low quality and my god like if you just forget like putting breaks in between these episodes i mean you could have fooled me and said that this is a an entirely new you know trilogy of films almost given the quality of, of visual effects oh, and yeah well things I that mean, we're seeing chris i i don't know if you follow like religiously my my vfx artist react series on youtube those guys um the corridor crew um but they broke down how they do this show and i don't know if i talked about this but the the way they're doing it is it's a rear projection so it's not green screen so oh. when whenever you see the mandalorian walking anywhere they didn't really film it anywhere they filmed it in a studio and what it is it's a 360 degree projection screen around him and when the camera moves, the background moves with him. Oh, that's sick. So the, the, the positives of this are the lighting, when it hits his costume, is totally 1,000% accurate of what your background would hit it with. So if this rock is over here and it shines off his helmet, it would move with the camera. So that's why it looks so good. There's no... There's nothing. There's no trickery. It's really him walking somewhere, and it's all computer animated. I mean, your characters are interacting in a scene that is totally lit from the back. It's it's, it's wild. That's why it feels oh, so. Oh, I'm looking at pictures of this right now. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. That I I first heard about it from an interview with Bill Burr actually, and he was talking oh, wow. about how he got on set and he was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, he's like, "What do I do?" He's like, "They're like just just say your lines into the camera," and he's like, "What?" And then, like, the camera moves and the background will move, and it's like wicked disorienting because literally the screen, the projected screen behind you moves when the camera moves. So, if you're an actor, he said, like, don't look down, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get dizzy right away. <laughs> <laughs> so, I heard this, and then the VFX guys totally said, yeah, that's how they're doing it, and that's what makes it crazy. That's just so it's an old technology. Like, if you watch Casablanca or you watch a Hitchcock movie, that's what they used to do, they wouldn't green screen the uh, outside of a, like a, a parked car, they would have a projector out there and then they would project 
you know, buildings moving in the background. So that's why it's an old technology, but done like a thousand percent. It's pretty awesome, dude. Wow. Very cool. Good stuff, yeah. man. Really Good cool. Stuff. But you know what? I just, I hope it doesn't jump the shark and I, it's just, it's just meeting all expectations. So here, here, you yeah. know what I mean? Here, here, Kathleen Kennedy. And then like, if you think about it, Chris, it's actually a great way to film a show while we're all quarantined with each other. Like at most you have three, four actors on screen on set. Right. You know what I mean? You could totally film this thing. Most of the time, it's just the Mandalorian. And you know what? He's been wearing a mask even pre-COVID, so good for him. <laughs> he was he was COVID-proof before it was cool. So That's right. He's a trendsetter. <laughs> good for him. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, way to kick things off. So uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, November 24th, mm-hmm. uh, two days before Turkey Day, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coming up, uh, and it's going to be kind of the first of the big, um, you know, family-oriented uh, holidays that we obviously have to socially distance, and a lot of people not, you know, obviously planning on the big, uh, typical Thanksgiving celebrations that they normally would. I know that we won't be doing that. Um, we won't either. We won't either. I was going to yeah. say you guys aren't either. Um, so, but it, it definitely got me thinking about. You know, the traditions that, you know, if, if that people have for this holiday, the things that we're going to miss, but possibly the potential for new traditions uh, to start. So, so uh, Ben, I just wanted to pick your brain. Did you, when you, in a normal year, uh, any, any annual traditions for Thanksgiving between you and your family? Uh, well, so there's a couple of things. So, you know, we do traditional food, you know, of course, turkey. Got to have the cranberry sauce and not anything fancy. The, the right out of the can. You got to have mm, it out of the can. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you got your desserts, whatever you want to do. We're doing actually an apple crisp this year. We're actually going to go that way. Um, apple or an apple crumble, where we call it. And then we're going to put some ice cream on that. That's going to be great. Stuffing, gravy, all yada, yada, yada. Here's some uh, specific things I, I need. I need on this day. Okay. Mm. One, I need um, eggnog. It's eggnog Ooh, time. Okay. All right. And this is the way this might be a this might be a hot take. The way I do the eggnog is over ice in a glass. Interesting. On the rocks. I like to strain it through. You know, I sip it through. It's like it's too thick on its own. So I like to sip it. It gets a little water. It's great. Do that. And then I need, and this is usually after the meal, after dessert, you're sitting there, you're just full. You know what I mean? You're just sitting there with a food baby. You're just like, ugh. Um, I need to crack walnuts. I need like a dish. <laughs> of walnuts and then i crack those things and then i pass out during like the four o'clock game and then wake up by the 8 p.m game then there's that's it that's what we're doing well, how about you chris what do you guys do that's awesome uh <laughs> very similar uh yeah. to that you know one thing i'm gonna definitely miss um from uh you know my big usually big family gatherings you know we what we would do after between dinner and dessert uh we aunts uncles cousins would all participate in a family game of trivial pursuit. Mm. Mm-hmm. And my my you know the games of my youth, my grandparents at my grandparents' house, uh they too big into walnuts. So like mm-hmm. you know, break out the walnut, you know, crackers and whatnot and have some drinks and play some trivial pursuit. So that's I'm gonna be missing that. Uh the morning of neighborhood growing up from like age eight to like eighteen neighborhood football game called it the turkey bowl so all the kids oh, on the street oh that's cool that yep. is cool we'd yeah. all go down to uh north haven high school's football field because north haven at the time played in a game against i think it was amity 
but it was that, always at like a neutral site or something like that. So uh, their football field neutral turf, neutral like, turf, like, like the Warriors meeting at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> it's Coney is that playground. Um, <laughs> so that field was always empty. So we just played on the football field. There was like you know a couple dozen uh, kids, and uh, it was you know supposed to be touch football but it was you know tackle come on yeah, now it'll <laughs> so that you know that was good but yeah no this year uh you know my son he 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 doesn't know the the term thanksgiving yet he doesn't you know kind of understand what the holidays are so he calls it basically like family feast day so you know obviously we're just <laughs> looking forward to having a big meal um he doesn't really understand either of the food that is served on this day so he's expecting pizza and yeah. I have to kind of, you know, I've been trying to tell him that there will be no pizza on Thursday, but he's just not understanding that. So um, we'll see how the struggle goes on, on Thursday. I'll, I'll update you. But uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's sad that we won't be able to be with the big family gatherings, but, you know, we got to do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can do it next year. But that, you know. I want us all to be here next year. So I know. that's why I know. we, we should. Well, be doing you know, it. it's all, it's all scary. I mean, there for all of us that, you know, I, you know, I feel I've, I said this today to someone else, Chris, I'm going to, I'm just going to, let's make it weird for a second. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for being responsible this year. Hey man. Yeah, you too. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but you know, thank you. I'll take it. Um, because here's you and me being responsible. You know what I mean? Having a small gathering, not traveling anywhere. But then there's these like crazy a-holes traveling everywhere. Now, I mean, it could be college kids going home and they did the test and they did a whole thing. But I just read today that 3 million people checked into TSA on planes today. So, Oh, good Lord. For, you know, one family unit or two family units of ours that are being responsible there's like eight others that are just going nuts so i mean i I, i'm we're hoping that we're doing this sacrifice so yeah so we can be around and we can hopefully do a small something for christmas you know what i mean so right i don't know we'll see man but yeah that's that's what i'll be doing watching football hanging out and you know it's gonna be nice it's gonna be katie and the kid it's gonna be great so i'm excited for that man love it love it good stuff man what else you got all right Actually, I got a couple more, Chris. I got four this week. I, mean, I, I, I totally lied. So I want to talk about – so, Chris, on air, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. <laughs> Calling you on the shot. I, I sent you a couple texts. How do you feel about the uh, the year-end kind of awards for Desperately Seeking Entertainment? I'm all for it. Okay, cool. Maybe next maybe next episode at the end of the December we'll do it. Let's do it. Um, because today the Grammy nominations came out. Mm. And so this is off of Esquire.com. Um, the 2021 Grammy nomination show, the Academy is desperately trying to prove its own irrelevancy. That's the name of the, <laughs> the, name of the article. <laughs> and let me tell you, there are some hot takes on here. They're so funny. They're like Coldplay nominated for um, for a new the best album of the year who didn't even know they were still releasing music. <laughs> like, I didn't know Coldplay came out with an album this year. Like, these album choices of the year, I, I mean, I'm not going to spoil our next show, but none of my choices are on here for album of the year or music of the year or song of the year. Just nothing. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a couple on here. I You know, there's Taylor Swift, Post Malone, um, the, I don't know, Dula, Dua Lipi, Dua Lipe. Dua Lipe. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I've heard of her. She's huge. So there's a couple on there I've heard. And then, dude, there's nothing. If you look at these nominations, there's just really nothing. Listen, and I don't want to like sound like an old fuddy-duddy in music these days, yarder, yarder, yarder. But, I mean, one of my favorite albums of the year, and I don't know if it's going to be my album of the year, is The Weeknd. Right. You know, you know the song, right? Uh, Blinded by the Light or Blinding Lights? Yep. Right? Is that the... Great song. I hear it everywhere. Everyone sings that song. Everyone plays that song. Nowhere do I see his name. No. I, I don't see him on here. And then there's a couple other weird things on there. Like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, Thundercat is nowhere to be seen. Just nowhere on this list. No weekend on this list. And that was definitely released in 2020, not 2019. Yep. That's definitely eligible for this list. So that's insane. I, I don't even get that. Then not to mention, like, I, I don't know. And then there's Best New Artist. And there's this guy, um, uh, I always mess up his name. It's K. Trinata. Okay. K. Trinata. And so it's, it, I, use, I know him as DJ K. Trinata. And um, I've talked about Boiler Room on here, how they have DJ sets. He has a DJ set from 2010 that's one of my favorites. So he's not a new artist. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, I don't understand this list. Megan the Stallion is on here, and she's a new artist. She should be on there. She has yep, a big hit should. this year. Absolutely. Right, and she's probably going to win that one. But they're just kind of reaching. And All right, so Chris, I know music is subjective, right, most of the time. It's just a subjective thing. We don't have like a top billboard. We don't have kiss 95 FM in Connecticut. Like we did when we were kids playing crisscross all the time. Uh, we don't have these things that we're all just listening to the same music, but my Spotify list. I mean, even when I go on to new artists or new releases, none of these people on here, like line up with that. So Chris, how is that possible? How am I, <laughs> how am I that out of the loop? I don't know, Chris, like how can someone's music of the year be that, off i i don't know i don't know what i'm asking you uh, chris what are your thoughts on this i don't know well i mean my my biggest problem with the grammys is you never understand like it's so unclear about like who qualifies for what um you know the timeline of everything uh who who is actually voting on these things like who is the academy made right. up of like who, are they journalists are they writers are they musicians like who are these people um and every year it just seems like you, you've got like it, they they kind of follow the same formula so like in every category it's like three people that you absolutely know who they are like taylor swift beyonce um you know drake or whoever and then right. like two acts that you've never heard of like no one has ever heard of um and like album of the year is usually like that where it's like four of the biggest records of the year and then one where you're like i have you know a very niche um performer you know so to speak that has like a very small following like what was it like there was a big joke a couple of years ago like with Nicki minaj was nominated for best new artist and everybody was like it's gonna be Nicki, Nicki minaj's year and then it was like Bon Iver or Bon Ivar <laughs> <laughs> won for Best UI. And people were like, who the hell is Bon Ivar? And uh, still to this day, I have no idea who that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't but, know. I've never heard that name <laughs> until you said it right there. <laughs> but like, 
it's it's just I never understood the Grammys. And of all the awards that, again, this is silly, but like I think of all the awards that mean nothing in the long run to someone's career. I think the Grammys is probably the top of the big awards because I mean, you think about some of the biggest acts of all time, you know, who didn't get Grammys. I mean, I think, I think Led Zeppelin never won a Grammy. I think Aerosmith, I got to look this up, but like, you can look it up. I I know. know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's for me and for God's sakes, there's like 110 categories every single year. So like, you know, I think they give out an award for best, um, music film of the year yep. which yeah is i'm looking right at those too yeah, yeah. I'm looking, I'm and I'm like, those. yeah go ahead hit me uh i just i just saw it uh, da, 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 da. best music film beastie boys story the beastie yep. boys spike jones black is king beyonce that was her movie um oh, the disney plus thing yep we are freestyle love supreme oh yeah the little man miranda thing yep yep uh, Linda Ronstadt, my the sound of my voice. Oh, that was good too. It's good doc. Uh, the lit the I didn't know this one. I'm gonna have to check this one. The Lil Old Band from Texas, ZZ Top. Oh, really? I want to see a movie about ZZ Top. Damn, I go. <laughs> 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 all right, those are all good picks. Those are all pretty good picks. But like, they also give out Grammys for like best spoken word, um, like like audiobook recording. Like that's a Grammy, yeah. like category <laughs> i just don't get i don't get the grammys i never understood the grammys um i feel like it happens twice a year like i mean i'm reading this in like the beginning of december right now and like i swear it happens now and then it happens the end of march or something i swear to god it doesn't happen in the spring too <laughs> maybe maybe uh the weekend was in between those grammys performances or something. i don't know I have That's no so idea. I, I don't I, know. I, I don't know. It, it's just say I hate the Grammys. So there you go. Yeah. And like, you know what, Chris, I, I think I sent it to you and I was talking about it on the air was the um, top 500 albums by the Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. They came out with that list. And, you know, I could I could sit here and pick it apart on air and I've seen videos of people who get apart. But, you know, it was a pretty good list. It good really list. was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I, I mean, I could complain. I could sit here and complain. But who would listen? Um, so I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't like I wrote, but they included jazz music. They included metal music. They included punk rock, post-punk rap, hip hop, R and B. I mean, Martin, Marvin Gaye's what's going on. was number one. And then of course you had Beatles, Rolling Stones. It was like, okay. I mean, that's a list everyone can get behind. I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, but when I hang out with some somewhere, you know, maybe present company included and we all play music on a jukebox. We're all playing like Tom Petty. We're all playing like kind of the same shit. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, maybe I'm just from this area of the country and I'm kind of secluded, but I don't know. I've been known to play some jazz music and rap music on a jukebox. Some, you know, sometimes, and you know what, there's people playing rap just the other day w- w- without me playing it too. But I don't know, young, old, whatever, New music isn't being produced, and aren't we to a point where can't we just get behind different? Can we expand our horizons from just pop music? And I've heard pop music on the radio that it's like, it's not that. I don't know. It's not that normal. It, it's kind of out there, and so I don't know. I, I just the whole thing was just really silly. I, I like and like you said, Chris. <laughs> I, I think they need to kind of. You know what was great about that rock 
the Rolling Stone list was not even the list itself was they actually broke down who was voting, who was on the list, and they named names. You know what I mean? It was like Q-Tip from Qu- Tribe Called Quest, and, and and all these people were like, and all these you know Jack White, and all these people had votes, and it's like, oh okay, these are musicians. Okay, that's cool that they have a vote in this thing. Let's do this thing. Like, it's not like the Academy Awards where you know Spielberg's doing his list, and so I, I, right. I don't know. Well, it, I mean, it was nice. This is a good example. I'm, I'm just going to read off some names of people and bands that have never won a Grammy. Okay. But, okay. All right. But I'm going to argue that they're probably the greatest of their genre. Okay. If you say electric light orchestra, I'm going <laughs> to turn off my headphones. I'm going to throw it across the room. So uh, among those who have never won a Grammy, Bob Marley, never won a Grammy. Greatest no. reggae artist of all time, period. Uh, Iggy Pop, never won, an, never won a Grammy. That's so... Well, I mean, I mean, at the time when he was releasing music, he was on multiple substances, cutting his chest with glass on stage and like dying in a ditch. So, I mean, I'll give that one a pass. All right. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. No excuse. There's no No excuse excuse. for that. Yeah. Uh, Nas. No excuse. No excuse. Uh, No excuse because because Illimatic, which is his best album was it came out at a time like 1999 when it's not like there wasn't rap music being nominated on there you know what i mean right. it, it's not like that came out in 1989 it was 1990 that's that's silly uh two packs of core oh that's fine just <laughs> 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 jesus christ all right uh, keep going the velvet underground <sighs> i know I'm, I'm hurting your soul here uh the who you know what? The Who the Who never had a number one hit. You know that? Oh, that's true. It's true. They never had a number one hit, which is freaking crazy. You know what? But they, they're laughing all the way to the bank because every single time David Caruso puts on his sunglasses, they're making $1.25. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I Patty guess Smith. it was late to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> There's a meme somewhere about that. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, Patty Smith never won an Emmy, uh, Grammy. Uh, oh, I have pu- that record right behind me right now. It's a great record. Public Enemy never won a Grammy. Rush never won a Grammy. Rush. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> that i mean they have songs that are so complicated that ba- i mean no one plays rush songs because they're so super <laughs> that's crazy the kinks never won uh despite being in the hall of, in the hall of fame um and the strokes the strokes have never been nominated oh that was my other band of the year the uh chris the strokes were just on snl great album great out al- thank you Great album, great performance on SNL. I think I yeah. shared it. I was like, Jesus, like that, that <laughs> performance was crazy. I, I saw an interview with the guy, the lead singer, and, and I, I've been like a Strokes fan here and there. Um, but he was like, yeah, we we're always compared to like New Wave, kind of like M- Ramones and the and the um, the Cure here and there. So I started listening to that music and I was like, yeah, I guess we do sound like that. So <laughs> he was like, you know, because he's younger and he started listening to it. Now this album They've like come into their own. I mean, oh, yeah. I've listened to that album like multiple times. You can't get sick of it. And nowhere is that nominated this year. It's nope. not even not even mentioned. They'll probably play, they're gonna play the ceremony and not get nominated. 
Yeah. Like the no, Oscars last year. Remember the Oscars last year and all those, they were making references on the opening act to all these movies that weren't nominated. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They made like midsummer references and all these re- like this is us references and it was like cool but <laughs> they didn't get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, anyway, so, so that's my rant. Say, that's, yeah, yeah, that's my rant. rant for this week. That is, good stuff. I mean, man. you're gonna tell me next that Mr. Bungle's never been nominated for Grammy, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna flip the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Good stuff, man. All right. Uh, for my number two uh, this week, uh, I, I texted you this the other night, but I want to let everybody know on Netflix, great new show, uh, episodic show called We Are the Champions. And uh, it is a deep dive docuseries into ridiculous uh, competitions and kind of featuring people that participate in these competitions and the competitions I'll just, I'm not going to spoil the whole series for you, but I'll tell you a couple of them. Uh, one of them is what's called the cheese roll, which That's happens. That's the one I watched. I watched the first one, dude. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Where people literally chased a, uh, a roll of cheese down a hill, which I believe the hill might be for at least 45 degrees. No, it's more. Is it they more? Said it's more than 45 <laughs> degrees. <C. laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Dude, the great great. the great thing was when the the they had a drone shot, which I love drone shots in life. I mean, that's the that's the invent of like the past couple years. They have the shot, and it's going up, and you see the people sitting on the hill, and it's going, 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 and all of a sudden it just keeps going, and then you see the (laughs) angle of the hill. You're like, oh my god, it's really people running off a cliff after a wheel of cheese. It's just amazing. And there's no there's no cash prize. Uh, There's no like. Well, you, know, you win the cheese. You win the cheese, and you get like a like that's it. You win the cheese, and uh, it's it's yet a thing that people will literally get the worst injuries you've ever seen. Oh, that uh, girl's for. shoulder. That, that girl's, girl's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> he was a regular shoulder, and she's like, it's all nice and smooth. Now check this out, and the thing's just sticking out of her like brain. I was like, <laughs> it's her collarbone. Good lord, that was her dislocated i didn't know those things dislocate no i don't think they do and that's why she's like it'll be like that for the rest of my life and i'm like because they haven't invented the surgery yet because no one's ever done it ever (laughs) jesus well a couple of the other ones that you have to check out because i'm i've only got one episode left because it's so good i gotta burn it i gotta burn um chili chili eating now i'm not sorry i'm not talking like you know wendy's chili i'm talking like the actual chili pepper um eating contest which is bonkers and then there's one about a uh, yo-yo competition which is more fascinating than i ever thought it was going to be so um like the things that people can do with yo-yos today is just obscene so uh definitely check it out it's on netflix right now it's called we Chan. it's narrated by the by rain wilson dwight from the office and uh who i thought was the perfect narrator for this i was like oh my god great great choice for narration so get out there today watch it it's on netflix it's i great. love that stuff you know what i mean I, I love i mean chris on you know i've talked about here like how remember i talked about the world series of balls or bowls <laughs> yeah. remember that yep and they roll those like big bocce balls and they like go everywhere i love any obscure sport i mean i've been getting way into frisbee golf in real life with the kid because i mean and everyone else should be because cor- it's quarantine it's a quarantine sport i mean 
they're still broadcasting weekly because you're literally standing in a forest outdoors with one person. <laughs> so right. it's like the right. safest sport to play right now. So if you are hankering for sports, just get out, get get some frisbees off of Amazon, get out there. Um, but my my uh, YouTube always pops up the awesomest weird sports. Like, do you know about head headbutt volleyball? No. It's like headbutting a volleyball on a ping pong table. <laughs> And like, <laughs> if you do headbutt volleyball, it come up and they have a full match, and these guys are just these crazy dudes. Like it's it's two it's doubles, two on two. <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> amazing stuff. Oh my god, I love that stuff. But great show. I'm gonna burn through it, dude. Great, burn through it. It's awesome. All right, man. Yeah. We got for number three this week. All right, number three. I want to talk about this. Is kind of be like a crazy kind of thing. So, Chris, we have been jonesing this year for some Marvel properties. Mm-hmm. Jonesing. I mean, everything delayed. You know, uh, the uh, Captain America uh, Winter, uh, sorry, Winter Soldier and Falcon delayed. Uh, we had the Black Widow delayed. We had everything delayed. Everything pushed back. Of course, R.I.P. Black Panther died on us. So, who knows where Black Panther Two is going? Um, so that's delayed a couple years. Everything's delayed. But then Marvel wheeled out something, and this might have been on the shelf. This might have been shelved. And then they said, oh, well, we need to release something to keep Marvel relevant. Let me talk about the show Hellstrom on Hulu. Mm, Chris, okay. have, have you heard about this yet? I have heard of it. I haven't checked it out yet. Same here. And let me tell you, I'm, the last, I'm on the last episode after two days. This nice. show is my jam. This show is my shit. It's right up my alley. So now I can't tell you, okay, this is a weird kind of review. No spoiler. This is a, a anti-spoiler review, so you don't have to put the spoiler up. I can't tell you, and don't Google who Damien Hellstrom is because it'll give away kind of the secret of the show. But there, our main character is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Just putting that out there. Okay. And someone told me that they made the show, and I was like, oh, and I said the name of the comic. They're like, how did you know that? And I go, because I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> and I've been waiting, and this show did it right. Now, this show did it right. So let me tell you about how, why I like this show, and then I'm going to call out a reviewer off of one of my favorite websites because their review sucks. <laughs> so, and you know, Chris, you like to call people out here and there in the Broadway world here and there. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think I've ever done this. And so I love this show, and I go search for an article on the internet just to remind myself, oh, I got to talk about this with Chris. So this show, it has everything in it. It has kind of superhero kind of stuff because it's Marvel. But then it also has horror elements. It's got Ooh. gore. It's got exorcisms. It's got priests. It's kind of like The Exorcist 3. If you're a fan of The Exorcist 3, it's kind of got that vibe where there's multiple people being possessed. You don't know if they're possessed now or they're real people. We don't know how to tell. You know what I mean? We got to get priests in here. That doesn't work. It it has that whole kind of vibe to it, but also mm-hmm. has that superhero anthology kind of feel to it. And it's just, I, I think this show is great. I mean, Katie has no idea what this comic book is based on, and she's all into it. I'm way into it because I'm nerding out. Now, on air, I'm going to call out this person. Miles Surrey off of the ringer.com. The Ringer, usually spot on. I usually follow their reviews, you know what I mean? Whether it be The Watch, whether it be Three Watchables. This article is terrible. Now, first of all, I read this whole article. And 
he he re- he reviews this show only going through four episodes. <laughs> okay. How, yeah. How dare you? So you're already only four episodes in, and you're gonna write an article on it? Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have another four hours on your hands to finish up the show, and you're gonna just bang out an article. So the first half of this article is wholly incorrect. Second of all, he didn't have the two seconds to Google who Damien Hellstrom is to find out what the big reveal is at the end of the season is. It is, I I don't even know. (laughs) This article is junk. Don't even, you know what I mean? And then like, I feel like, and this is what happened with The Wire, Chris. You know what I mean? The Wire, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that the Hellstrom is the wire, but I'm going to say it's done like the wire where it doesn't give everything away right away. Mm-hmm. You have to sit with it. You got to, you got to sit with this show. I mean, I could tell you and spoil to you who the, what's going on in the show, but this show lets you wait. It's, it's a great show. Great dialogue, great acting, great writing. I, I don't know, Chris, Chris, <laughs> High recommendations for me, but Miles Surrey, I don't know who this guy is, but, you know, I'm all done with him. <laughs> all done. He clearly doesn't know, uh, you know, what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, so, but he brings up interesting points. All right, I'll, I'll go back a little, okay? Because apparently this is the end of Marvel TV, as we know it, without it being on Disney. Mm-hmm. This is the last property they have out there because the Netflix series ran out. You know, Daredevil, um, Jessica Jones, and Power Man, uh, Luke Cage. Like, and, and they're all done, and they've wrapped, and they came all together as the Defenders, and now it's done. Now, we're all done with that, and this is the last property they have out there. I, I don't know if it's they're going to do two or three seasons, but that's it, but... This show is probably one of the best Marvel TV shows I've seen. So, and I, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say it's better than Daredevil. I oh. like I like it better than Daredevil. I don't know if I like it better than Pre- uh, um, Punisher. Punisher was dope. I like that one a lot. Um, but I'm just a fan of the Punisher in, in general. So, I, I this show has it all. And this guy, I mean, whatever. Miles Surrey. Whatever, Miles Surrey. <laughs> I'm coming for you. It is just terrible. But he is an interesting point is uh, he has no, 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 I'm not giving him credit. The point is this show has gore in it, has swears in it. It is not for kids. Do not show this to a kid, but it is a superhero show. And you know what? That's why I love the MCU is some movies are pretty risque for being a Marvel show. So, Chris, high recommendations for Hellstrom. Go check it out, dude. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. And maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm like totally off on this thing, but. Me and Katie Cat, we just burned through this. And the person that recommended it, just she was like, same thing. I, I I burned through 10 episodes in like a day. And it's just awesome. So check it out, Chris. Okay, definitely will, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, another recommendation for you for my third yeah. and final entry for this week. Uh, ben, I, I don't know if I ever have spoken about this on this podcast. Uh, there was a great play in New York City a couple years ago that I went to go see called The Play That Goes Wrong. And it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Did I talk about this? I, you know, I don't know if it was you or someone else told me about this. I think we had a production around here, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it did tour. You're right. So, yep. um, it is the best. Um, if you've done theater, it is the best play 
to watch because all it is is watching a local community theater production of a murder mystery go to hell. And when I say go to hell, like technical mishaps, people not knowing their lions, uh, the set collapsing, it is the funniest show I've ever seen in person, like live on stage. I was crying, laughing. Um, I thought it was so funny that I went home. I said to my wife, you have to come see this with me when we do our annual Christmas trip to New York. She's like, all right, whatever. Went to go see it. She was crying, laughing. Um, well, apparently this, this, this comedy group that does this show uh, is huge over in the United Kingdom because that's where the show was originally from. And they now have an Amazon TV show called The Show That Goes Wrong. And Ben, when I tell you about what they do on this show, it's on Amazon Prime. I think you're going to go and start watching this tonight. I, I really do. Wow. So what they do each week is they do a 30-minute piece of theater. Different genre, different... Now, these are fake plays, but like different yeah. genres of plays each week <laughs> and mishaps uh, you know, occur basically. And it is one of the funniest, consistently funniest things I've ever seen. So like one week it's a uh, murder mystery. The next week it is a courtroom drama. The, uh, the, the week after that, I think there's a, a holiday um, party one. Like one of the, the episodes is they're presenting a play, but the set designer had gotten the schematics wrong. So like half the set is, vertical the other half of the set is horizontal so the actors have to play it in a completely different manner ben it's like six episodes i guarantee you you will find it to be the funniest thing you've ever seen dude i can't wait that sounds awesome so it's called that the show that great. goes wrong it's on amazon prime they've got a brit every year this group also does a um a like a holiday special so last year they did the Christmas Carol goes wrong. The year before that they did a Peter Pan goes wrong. This year they're doing a nativity play that goes wrong. Uh, I, I'm obsessed with this group. They do some amazing stuff. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So check it out. The, the show okay. that goes wrong on Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to watch that. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think it was you. I think we had a local tour around here. We yeah. Had, we had local people putting it on. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. Um, can, all I, right. can I wrap? Can I wrap us up with one? Please, one, please. One for the road. One for the road, right here. Um, so you know what? This actually isn't an, an a story, but it's more of like a follow up. What do you call that? Re redaction? What do you call it? Retraction? What do you call uh, it? Update? Retraction? Uh, update. 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 Oh, more yeah. of an update. Okay. I want to talk about the some of the most important news of 2020. Can we do the you know Howard Stern news update? You know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This is, you know, I, I mean, 2020 has been filled with earth-shattering news stories. You know what I mean? About the president, about the world, COVID-19, yada, yada, yada. But let's talk about the hardest-hitting news story of the podcast and the world, Billy Mitchell News. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hard-hitting, right, Chris? Right, right. So now, Chris, I sent you this article. Billy Mitchell is getting sued by Twin Galaxies, <laughs> getting stripped of his high scores, getting stripped of his high scores, and they're suing him for $1 million. Good they Lord. claimed that when 
Twin Galaxies and Billy Mitchell re-upped all their scores in the late 90s and in King of Kong. That was all fake. He is not a good player, and they faked all his high scores. They faked all these photo ops. So then they could sell Twin Galaxies to another company for millions of dollars, and he is being sued for that. And then he countered sued recently. So, Chris? That's nuts. Do you give a shit at all? <laughs> I mean, when you, when you tell me about it, yes. <laughs> so I'm selling it right? I'm selling it good? <laughs> if I heard it from anybody else, I'd be like, really? Who cares? It's 2020. <laughs> I mean, there's Donkey Kong high scores in the balance, Chris. And what else matters in 2020? I mean, I, <laughs> name me another story about 2020 that, you know, matters more than this. And, right? you know, I'll give you $100. <laughs> but anyway, so that was my update. He's getting sued by Twin Galaxies because they're claiming that him and the co- the the previous owner of Twin Galaxies, that the, the stars of King of Kong, they faked their whole scores and they came out with the whole thing to make them sell the company for more. And so this is fascinating stuff. Chris, I'll keep the desperately seeking entertainment community up to date on this. That, that'll Please. be my, uh, I'll keep them up abreast on this story. Okay. I love it. I love it. That's, uh, well, that's thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you're uh, keeping us uh, updated. This is important news. Right. Uh, right. Let's go YouTube. my friend, what do you got this yeah. week? Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris. All right. More importantly, let's go YouTube. Uh, so, so anyway, Chris, I don't know about, uh, if you heard this, but I, I think I might have posted a couple things. But um, Adult Swim, uh, the channel that brought us like Cartoon Network, are, are on the Cartoon Network and brought us things like the Eric Andre show and uh, Tim and Eric and all those crazy shows and anime, yada, 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 Ghost in the Shell, blah, blah, blah. Um, Adult Swim had a festival streamed live on YouTube. Did you know this, Chris? No, I didn't know about this. And I told multiple people, they're like, what are you saying? Like, so last weekend, I didn't know this was happening. So they had five hour kind of streaming fests on Friday and Saturday. They're all on YouTube right now. And it was almost like a comic con. They had an Eric Andre panel. They had a uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force panel. They had um, multiple shows with panels, like with actors and animators then also they had live performances with Thundercat, Kamasi Washington, Ariana Grande. They aired uh, new Eric Andre shows. Uh, the list goes on and on. And then there was other artists that I didn't know that I was just like sitting here. So I, I highlighted um, the full set from Kamasi Washington is phenomenal. I, I turned it into MP3. I've been listening to it all week. And then Thundercat's on there with Ariana Grande. Freaking awesome. Great show. So that's my recommendation for the week is just so much content it's 10 hours of content i'm going to dig through it for desperately seeking entertainment i'm going to bring the highlights next week but my god chris just awesome stuff check it out adult swim hold on if you just look up oh here it is adult swim festival 2020 if you look that up they broke it down into hours you can watch the panel on this show this show this show but i mean thundercat and i've talked about him on the pod before he's just kind of this out there kind of dude He's playing this awesome song with Ariana Grande while Meat Wad dances in the background. It's all trippy. It's great stuff. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, I'm you know, with my YouTube and real quick. I mean, like I said, in quarantine, I've I've really been getting into cooking. That's become my like passion and yeah. uh, trying to discover new dishes. So I've found myself being interested in very mundane videos of people doing very simple things. And I found this great video. And I don't know why. I, there's got to be something 
I don't know what the actual clinical term is for people like feeling good watching people complete tasks in videos. There, I know mm. there's a there's a clinical term out there. I mean, you're you're a mental health expert. Maybe you can help me. What do you got? Look this up. What do you mean, like completing tasks? Like when you watch someone doing something, like building something, or you know, creating something in a video. There's some feeling that people get when they watch someone like do it, like finish it, like completing something. I don't, I don't know. I got to look this up. Cause I remember reading an article about this years ago. I mean, it might be pinging off on some parts of the OCD spectrum. Maybe like that you, could be cause it. you need to complete, you, you can't have anything in disorder, that kind of thing. It, it'll drive you nuts if it's not completed kind of thing. I mean, it's kind of on that kind of spectrum of it. That could be it. That could be it. Well, I'm watching this video of a sushi chef yeah. butcher a 250-pound yellowfin tuna from scratch. Okay. I got and it's, an, it's an 11-minute video, and I'm watching it, and I'm just fascinated. Because what he's doing is not only is he butchering this um, this tuna, like carving it up as sushi chefs do, but they're talking about like the pieces – of tuna like why do you cut this why do you cut it this way why do you um uh you know why is it this what what part of this fish is so important tasty and it's fascinating and it's a guy cutting a fish and i'm just like i don't know why i'm enthralled by this thing but i i just get a sense Well, i mean look at the size of this thing i'm looking at at it right now this This is yeah come on now i mean i love that show wicked tuna that's a great show too but this is I mean, what do you do? You got that thing on you. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I'm Richard Hatch. This thing. I mean, what are you going to do with it? I mean, it's freaking huge. It's huge. So needless to say, it's a great video. Uh, It's titled How a Master Sushi Chef Butchers a 250-Pound Bluefin Tuna. I mean, that's really, that's all. That's it. And it's it's very self-explanatory, but it's actually a really cool video because he's talking about, like, what types of meat you know why he buys certain tuna over others and so again it just sushi is one of those amazing foods that i absolutely mm-hmm. love it's an art form um and i feel like there there you know the, this the the sliver between brilliance and average is so paper thin but uh you know it when people are brilliant sushi chefs Oh my God, what a difference it makes. And I've been in some amazing sushi places in New York city where yeah. you have those geniuses. And, uh, so yeah, watch that video. If you, if you love food, if you love sushi, it's a great video to watch. There you go. Yeah. Chris, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, you know, you ever looked up, um, dry aged beef, like how they dry aged beef oh, on yeah. YouTube. That's great too. I love watching that stuff too. That's great. Just any, any videos about food, just send them to me. Cause I'll, all right. You know what, Chris, I'm, you know, I'm talking to you on air, but I need to turn this video off. Cause I'm really just watching this video now. So I got, <laughs> maybe it's the way it's shot. I, I, I can't keep my eyes off of it. You know what I mean? Right? That's, that's it too. If the coverage is good. You know, it's all about coverage. You know, I used to make commercials for a living. Like you get the overhead shot. And now it's so easy with GoPros. You just set up a GoPro overhead, set up GoPro over the side, and then you just handheld the rest of it, and you just chop it up later. Done. Just done. I mean, it's so easy now. But, yeah, you got good coverage. You got someone talking to you. That's why I love the Worth It guys. You know, those guys go around eating all kinds of food, and then you're just fascinated by how they do it. Um, Oh, wait, Chris. Wait. Wait. Surprise attack. Wait, hold on. Surprise attack um, YouTube at the end. Ready? I don't uh-huh. mean to one up you. I don't mean to one up you, but there was one. Hold on, hold on. I need to talk about this because we're on the thing of food. Um, it's called Tasting History. 
the guy is called Tasting History, and what he does, he makes a pumpkin pie from like 1620. Oh, oh, look at this guy. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Pumpkin Pie from 1670. That's what it's Tasting History. He goes through the history of pumpkin pies, why it's called Pumpkin Pie, not Pumpkin Pie. Oh. Then he actually cooks it, and then he actually eats it, and he tells you how it tastes. And wait till you see how he makes this pumpkin pumpkin pie. It's nothing like pumpkin pie that we have now. He goes through like the history of pumpkins and how they got to from America to Europe. And it, amazing, Chris. Great channel. Oh, and, right and away. His, he's got playlists that break it down between desserts and breads. Oh yeah, oh, medieval yeah. Renaissance recipes. I'm done. I'm done, yeah. <laughs> dude. YouTube. Remember YouTube? Like back in the day, I think I say it was like 2004, 2005. There was like, there was like one video on there, and it was Robert Zidane headbutting the dude during like the World <laughs> Cup, and then that's all you could watch. You remember that? Yep. <laughs> like the history, the evolution of dancing, and then that was it. That was, and then we were done. And now you could just go down these wormholes. It's freaking awesome, dude. Freaking oh. awesome. How are people subscribe. bored during quarantine? I don't know what the I don't know what's going on. I don't on. know. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> good stuff as always, my friend. Folks, yes, sir. You can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts, the Onstage Blog Podcast Network and onstageblog.com. This is also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you can listen to your podcasts. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And then coming up on our next episode, or maybe the episode after that, we'll see will be our end of the year awards. Like we'll, we'll, we'll figure out these categories. We'll, we'll kind of announce them on air and I'm looking forward to breaking it down with you, my friend. I think, you know, I think it's the thing to do and I'm going to go through the articles that I mentioned on the pod and we're going to bring up either our favorite stories or maybe that'll be a thing. Uh, our category will be a favorite story, favorite album. I don't know. We got, we got to talk. We got to talk you and me. Let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Dude. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on desperately seeking entertainment.